0: You are listening to the Swap Live Podcast Show, brought to you by our friends at Ogeo. Ogeo has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never-seen-before features, like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear, and more, the Ogeo 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. Hey, listen to Swap Motor Live podcast. Today's May 8th, and I'm here with my friend Brock Tickle. Um, we've been talking about doing this podcast for a little while, and this is certainly not the uh, not the theme I wanted it to have. So you, you got a little bit of news.
1: Yeah, so I received an email yesterday um, with my official sentencing from uh, the CDI panel, which is in charge of, uh, WADA and under FIM. Um, obviously it's been a while since my hearing date, I've been getting ready for outdoors and getting prepared and feeling like I was in a good place. And, uh, yesterday, uh, woke up, was headed to go mountain biking and open my email. And it's not exactly what I want to see. It's two years from San Diego supercross race um for me it's difficult um but in a sense i can make a plan now and and know i'm doing the right thing um the last uh, month or so since my hearing has been difficult for me to stay like focused on training and riding and not getting um frustrated with with the small things just because i didn't know if i could line up and um it's it's been a tough process this whole last year and I still have another 9 months so but at this point I'm gonna step my right foot in front of my left and I planned on um getting my personal trainer certification I'm gonna work on getting my uh USMCA certification to coach riders um and keep me busy for the next 9 months or so and hopefully when it's time to go, uh, when, when I am able to race, hopefully I can put things in line to, to show up and, uh, be there and be as good as, uh, what I was whenever I got suspended. So for me right now, readjustment, focus on getting all this, all these little things sorted for me, and I can make a plan. So like I said, in a sense, I'm happy, but in another sense, I I just want to be on the track racing.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so it took you well over a year to get your hearing, and then we talked the day you had your hearing, and they said that there was a week for you to get some information and so on and so forth, and they'd call you back, and it's been like over a month now, yeah. and then they just send you an email with your sentence. I mean, it doesn't feel like you've been treated very professionally or even fairly by the powers that be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had, the whole process has been difficult for me to understand. And at this point, there's no reason for me to even try to understand how it works and, and why it works. I think it's something that I think our sport needs to hear um, and see. I think all the manufacturers need to know what goes on and what has happened. Because I know if it's happening to me, it's happening to it happened to James. It's going to happen to every athlete that goes through the process of failing a drug test. So, um, and there's a lot of money on the line, um, for teams and, and riders. So I think it's, I, in a sense, I think they need to know in detail how everything went. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make a statement like, I'm think it's, I don't know. I just, I I feel like it wasn't done in the right manner for our sport, especially, Mm -hmm. I think fairly is an understatement. Um, it's been difficult um the the whole time because multiple times i felt that it was close and then when it came time for that to be the time that i thought something was going to happen it got shut down so and that happened four or five times for me so for me it was it was taking a toll on me and now i can i kind of have some relief uh to move forward and uh to take this next 9 months and Give back, I guess you should say, and um, learn a little bit, and do the best things I can do for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. What uh, what were you told at the lot, at your hearing? Was you said that you were able to gather some evidence or
1: yeah? So they just wanted um a little bit more information on why I was on um certain supplements and this and that, and wanted a letter to the doctor. Um, and they told me I had a week. And a week is obviously five business days. So, um, I was actually a day late on that, but on, Mm -hmm. on the deadline date, we did, my attorney and I did send an email stating that we didn't get the information in time from the doctor and we won't have it. And actually in my letter, it states, that's one of the first things stated is that I wasn't working or I didn't get them information before a deadline, and that oh, that that is the me, ones that
0: talk about a timely manner, yeah, right
1: that to me just boils me a little bit, but I mean, at this point, I could appeal, but I don't want to go back through this process again. um it's gonna cost more money, more of my time, more stress um, and not only that, to be honest, the four fifty class say say I got it reduced to race a one. yes, I could get a ride on a team. Um, but there are a lot of guys and there's a lot of overflow in the 450 class right now. So with that being said, I would say I would be fourth on, on the list because I haven't raced in, um, over a year now. Um, and with that being said, I mean, you have Cole Sealy, who doesn't have a ride. You have, um, I think Savachi, you have Dean and all those guys have performed, um, perform well this year so and it's better than me because I've been sitting on the couch. Yeah. I mean, to me I haven't been sitting on the couch, but to to the teams and to the public, uh with me not being at the races and whatnot, you kinda get forgotten about, to be honest.
0: Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there something like methylhexamine four wasn't on the for sure ban list at the time? So
1: in twenty eighteen, um the WADA Prohibited List under Stimulants stated for Methylhexamine 2-Amine, um, and the 2019, and that's it. And it says at the top in small letters, or other compounds related to these compounds, basically. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, uh, five Methylhexamine 2-Amine was on the list as well. So I know, I know either way. Chemical wise, I understand that it could be the same, but why was it added in 2019 if, if it, why would they do that if there wasn't an issue? So mm. for me, that was something that, um, I was kind of unsure of and wanted answers for. And they, we asked proof and why would that be related to this and that? And they couldn't really answer that other than a piece of paper stating that the lab says it's the same.
0: Mm. So yours was five. Yes. Okay. Any progress on figuring out how it got there? or how you got?
1: At this point, I mean, it, it's been tough because <laughs> the, my whole, the whole argument I had for myself was that they, I did have stuff tested as soon as I could two business days after traveling or one day traveling back from, from the race um, mm-hmm. in Minneapolis and I went to a lab on a Tuesday. So it was, I flew out on Thursday, found out on Thursday, flew back home on Friday night, um, then went to the lab on Tuesday and had some supplements tested on my behalf. And mm-hmm. um, nothing came up and the lab brought up a good point is this isn't cheap. Um, there, I, there is there, more products I think we could test that you do take, but nothing is alarming to us. And on top of that, what was the date you got tested at? And it was February 10th. Mm -hmm. So that was alarming to them because they're like, well, we don't need, we can't test that supplement because it's not gonna be the same, the batch number or lot number. So you're gonna spend X amount of dollars to, to basically just spend it, just to spend it basically. So for me, that part of it kind of, after a couple months of trying to break down of where it could come from or why it was this or that like I, I still don't have a solid answer of how it was there or mm-hmm. or why and I think that's why I did get issued two years is because they feel like I hadn't um no proof that I w- didn't take something on purpose um which is alarming to me too because I mean two days after I go to the lab get stuff tested spend my own money you know what I mean? At this point, I have no income coming in basically. Um, and I'm spending my own money to try to figure it out. And it's, I don't know. I broke down honestly in the hearing. I had don't really break down. And I, I started crying because I, I knew I had no control of, or no, whatever I said, it didn't matter. So Mm -hmm. I, I pretty much lost it in the hearing. Yeah.
0: Or so, you know, we, we've talked quite a bit about options and what you could do, and <clears throat> you're, you're so calm right now. <laughs> it's it's shocking. But, you know, like the options you have are, you know, wait and wait yep. out and try to earn money doing some other things. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's a very real possibility of going to racing elsewhere where uh, FIM is not a part of the racing, yes. correct? I mean, is that even – are you even considering that at all or no for me
1: i've kind of blocked that out because i feel like i've proved to myself even throughout this waiting and limbo mode that i still have what it takes mm-hmm. to accomplish goals that i haven't yet and if i go race somewhere else it restarts the start date yeah and it just i don't know i just i'm not i'm not okay with it right now because i feel like i'm still good enough to to uh, accomplished goals that i've i've had in mind and and mm-hmm. want to still do here in the states
0: yeah so I, anyone in southern california that's been at the tracks has witnessed you out there hammering laps and you're <laughs> it's almost like at times you're faster than you were because you're 100 healthy
1: well and on top of that like i when you get something taken away from you like completely like it it resets your mind and whenever it's time to go do it, you're, you're free. If that makes sense yeah. when you're on a team sometimes and you're under like under a lot of stress and this and that, you kind of, there's a lot of variables that go into play there, but when it's, when something gets taken away from you and then you can go do it on your own time and you can enjoy it. And mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing. So for me, it's uh like I said, it is frustrating for me to be really good here uh, around the tracks publicly and feeling good uh, um, even in the hill tracks and stuff, the ones that aren't very easy. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't stopped training since, I mean, I probably had a total of 10 days off since my suspension or even before that because I was training without it and there's no days off. So Mm -hmm. for me, I would say over the last year and a half, I've probably missed 20 days of training and that on paper is big. So for me, I think goal now, reset, like I said, maybe take some time off training and regroup um, and focus on helping kids out who need help training wise. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's going to take another 10 weeks or so before I can get my certification for a personal trainer, but I'm working on all the tools to, to know um, and learn and I'm kind of excited for it. So um, it'll give me something to focus on. And ever since I got the letter, I did notice I've kind of shut off like, um, my selfishness, um, a little bit. So I've been riding with Pierce Brown and training with him. Mm -hmm. I have been putting my time and effort into him, but as soon as I got the letter, I noticed the switch flipped off and it's time to, at this point right now to focus on if that's what I'm going to do, focus on it and take full advantage of it and and do the best I can.
0: Yeah. Um, so since you've been suspended, I know that you helped Marshall. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've talked a little bit about you doing some schools here and there, but, like, yep. how are you surviving right now? How are you making a living? I know Alpine Stars paid you out your contract, right, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, no, they did awesome. They took care of me um, until the end of my contract. Um, I mean, I haven't – the only money I've made it was from Marshall and uh, Dean Wilson as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then – now I um and hel- I'm helping out Pierce Brown. Um, mm-hmm. so other than that, that's that's the only income I've had coming in. Um, that's why it is honestly, if I since I got the letter and I can't go race, it's time to do something. So yeah. Yeah, I'm at that stage where pull the trigger and go almost yeah. and and make it work and hustle, I guess you should say for for the next for the next uh, nine months and do the best I can.
0: Yeah, is it uh, stressful? I mean, obviously you had a great career up until this point yep um the championship i'm sure paid well i I don't picture you as the guy that goes out and blows money on dumb stuff but uh (sighs) are you okay
1: yeah no i mean i'm i'm okay but i don't want to spend any (laughs) more yeah yeah. i don't want to spend that money i i feel like i've worked too hard for it to to use it whenever you know what i mean this in this stage of my life so for me right now regroup like i said hustle And do the best I can with with this next little bit. Keep mm-hmm. riding and training myself, um, and readjust. I guess you should say.
0: Yeah. Uh, earlier at the track, uh, I was talking with Derek Drake, and he said that you were very helpful with the team setup uh, yeah. testing. So you're also helping the Troy Lee team, correct?
1: Well, so I just had like a three week period where I rode their bike and helped them go through some suspension stuff and some motor stuff, um, just to help give a direction. It was nothing, nothing really me setting the bike up. It was basically giving them my feedback on what I thought and not setting the bike up for me. I was trying to use it and look at it from a, obviously that's hard to do because I, I I thought I could race. There's a good possibility. I still race. So I told them in the beginning, I'm, I'm shutting off and I'm just going to tell you what I feel. And that way, you guys have it in notes, and if your riders are struggling with this or that, I think this is the direction you should go, or or whatever. I mean, it was it was really cool, and I know Shane's um, Shane's been riding now, I think, four days, and I think he's really happy with the bike. So that was fun for me because mm-hmm. I haven't rode a 250 in a while outdoors, <laughs> and obviously,
0: I heard I heard uh, I had reports that you're faster than. <laughs> everyone at the track on the T V Z.
1: yeah no i felt really good on the bike uh, there at the end um it took me probably a week or so to get comfortable with the engine um just because you have to ride it totally different yeah. but um i was very that was that was a cool um thing i've done in the last two months um maybe maybe even more stuff like that um f- from them or from any. i mean i'm down to do it as long as it makes sense for me yeah. um but right now focus on the other stuff um and tk always been good to me so i really appreciate what he's done for me um there's like a group of people um uh, mark johnson who owns rep suspension he's basically reviled my stuff five or six times now um during this process so there's a whole bunch of people still helping me out um but time to like i said it's not what i want to hear not what my family wants to hear not what my wife wants to hear I want to race, and that—that's yeah. my—that's me. So, it's yeah, I can't. So, I've got to figure out plan B.
0: Hey, Swap Moto listeners, this is Zach Osborne, rider for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Factory Racing team. I love my FC 450 race bike, but I also love the FC 350. It has the handling of a 250 and the power of a 450, making it the perfect bike for both professional
1: and amateur riders. Right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is giving Swap Moto listeners 1,500 reasons to get a brand new FC350. Hurry into your local authorized Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer to find out more on the limited time offers available to get you on the track today. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the Swap Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose a Scott Prospect goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com and see their complete line of high-performance goggles.
0: Hey guys, Hannah Lawrence here. Lately, I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer, and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So,
1: yeah, you're ready to get
0: serious about training on a cross country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails, or if you want to go a bit further, longer and faster, they they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So, head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. Hi, uh, I'm Mitch Payton from Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, and I uh, just want to give a shout out to Throttle Syndicate. Um, it's a new name, but it's the same company that's been around for... Uh, 30 years. We've been with them since the very beginning in 1991, and they're a big part of why our bikes always look the way they do. We're really proud to have them involved and hopefully they have a good year. Visit ThrottleSyndicate.com to view the full range of customizable graphic kits, gripper seat covers, sticker kits and more. Use promo code SWATMOTOLIVE at checkout for a 20% discount off your order.
1: What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order.
0: Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido action sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport. Like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Okay, so you passed the next nine months training guys, working with people. Sentencing is up. It, you can race. Is that in your heart right now? Like, yeah, I'm going to race in February
1: 2020? Uh, I still, like I said, I still feel like I have, I have what it takes to, to accomplish goals that I haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. And for myself right now, I it's hard for me to say in nine months how I'm gonna feel but yeah. I don't think because I'll I know ever even in lose... this past
0: year and some months, your mind has changed a couple of times.
1: Like uh, yeah. at one
0: point you told me you're gonna retire and then Yeah, no, you it's been said, I still
1: got it. No, that that's what I mean. I would prove it to myself. I'd think that maybe hey, maybe I can just go race Canada, have a couple years there, be done. Then there'd be days where I don't know, I didn't ride that much or ride that good, and I'd be like, uh I don't know if I still have it. But then the days that were really good, I was like, wow, I I can still do it. So yeah. for me, it's about lining everything up f- and planning for that, basically. So mm-hmm. I mean, obviously with the overload in the four fifty class, I can't race two fifty super cross. Um there's a couple options. Obviously, put something together myself. Mm-hmm. Um wait for a fill-in ride so maybe not february but maybe march yeah so um yeah there's i mean it is still a long way away um it is going to go by fast i feel like so um i'm just going to try to stay busy um and do what i can to to be ready to get back on the bike and when it's my time it's my time Mm -hmm.
0: now the the suspension obviously gets reset if you went raced and made money right yes it doesn't prevent you from making money associated with motorcycles right
1: like well that's that's kind of a iffy subject i think too because under the the water code is so hard to understand and read um there are certain things obviously i mean i can go out on my own and train people for sure <clears throat> but i don't really know the extent if a team can hire me as like a full-time test guy or whatever the case may be you know what i mean yeah um The thing I did for TK was just to do it and me ride a good bike. So I was happy. So like, I don't, I don't know really, that's a gray area. So for me, um, that's why I think it's good for me to reset, focus on maybe training guys. Don't go in that gray area and then Mm -hmm. have it screw up my whole plan.
0: Definitely. definitely. So we talked a little bit earlier about, uh, dude, you, I think you have big potential for training guys here in Southern California, you know, work with kids yep um is that something you're seriously considering doing
1: i mean i think uh once i get the um usmca certification Mm -hmm. um maybe every other week or once a month or i could do mini night on tuesdays at paris and then maybe even wednesday night which is big bike night i believe um Mm -hmm. at paris um i mean it's four hours of my life and to go yeah. help people who really want help and a way for me to make some money. Yeah. Um, it, it would be kind of cool, especially, um, at that level, like you can see a lot of progress quickly. Yeah. So that's, what's cool about working with guys. I think that need more guidance than, than others. Um, the fast guys, obviously it's more nitpicking this or that to, to make them better or giving them confidence or whatever the case may be. But for me, um, Obviously I've been through, I mean, I've raced, I've been pro since 2006, so Mm -hmm. I've done about everything you can do. Um, I've trained with Swanepoel. I've trained with Alden. Um, I've trained with Charles Dowell. I've trained with Johnny Louch. I mean, I've done all kinds of different training and Mm -hmm. training programs. So, and now that I'm reading and learning more, Mm -hmm. um, getting ready for studying for this fitness test or fit personal trainer, um test um i'm actually interested in it Uh, i've been reading the chapters um the last couple days and it it interests me so i'm excited Mm -hmm. actually to to learn more and um add that into to what i'm going to do
0: definitely (sighs) still unbelievable (laughs) Yeah, yeah can you can you go can you race mountain bikes for fun to pass the time
1: yeah, so I think I want to say I can't race pro and yeah. collect money. But, yes, I think uh, now that this has came, I think I will be attending Over the hope <laughs> on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Um, and make that something I want to better myself in just for the time just being. Just to give scratch
0: me, that competitive edge, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So there's nothing like lining up and racing. And I feel like that would be some type of an aid for um, for the next nine months to keep me competitive.
0: Yeah. You know, as far as like teaching schools and stuff, I think the kids and the lower level guys, I think, dude, you can make huge differences in people's technique and stuff. Because like for me as a journalist, photographer, there's a couple of people that come to mind that's like I've never taken a bad photo of because you always have perfect style and form yeah. and everything. It's like you have the fundamentals down so solidly well like you could pass that on
1: yeah so that that's another cool thing like i trained with ronnie Tishner when i was younger um and he was honestly like the guy to have mm-hmm. an amateur rank so i started obviously my dad helped me when i was younger um had some guys help me here and there but then when i started progressing fast it was with ronnie and i think being around him there in the early stages helped me develop the skills i do have mm-hmm. um over the years obviously the bikes have changed um and whatnot so there's a lot of different i think the main thing i would focus on if i was coaching guys who just ride for fun or guys that are even wanting to do this to to become pro is why wouldn't you want to become efficiently fast Mm -hmm. and do it safely yeah so like i think that's my main um focus for for coaching guys obviously feet technique and not using the controls rapidly or too much or not enough. Like there's a lot of different variables, but like overall, I think like, why wouldn't you want to ride efficient? Yeah. It's kind of when I, when I watched Christopher cell and when he came here, Yeah. like, why wouldn't you want to ride like that?
0: Yeah. No energy. Yes.
1: So it's something I picked up watching him and I focused on it in 2010 a lot. And I think that's, what's kind of developed me to ride the way I do.
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh, there is a skill to relaying that information to somebody. Because, like, you know, like in the magazine world, you, know, you ask a pro to break down a technique to write a story to help help people. And there's some people who just go, I don't know. I just pin it. Right? But, like, you're one of the guys that was always good at breaking down the technique and understanding why this makes this happen, etc.
1: I think it's all—it's all about being aware of what's going on while you're riding, and that's what it comes down to. If you can be aware of every, of everything you're doing and what's ahead of you, I mean, you're basically setting yourself up to to be the best you can.
0: Yeah. All right. So the Brock Tickle Motocross School—we need to make this happen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but wait, mini nights Tuesday nights? Yeah, I think that's so. over the hump
1: night. No, that isn't gonna work, is it? Yeah, it's not gonna work. Well, I, well, I guess. maybe after the season. <laughs> Well, Wednesday night we could do it. Yeah,
0: Wednesday nights. But uh so yeah, again, like as I've told you before, anything we could do to help you. Yeah, I mean we'll appreciate put, that. Put the ads on the website and yep. all that. But uh Okay, let's reflect a little bit. Up until this point, what's the highest point of your career? Is it, is it for sure the championship or is there some other personal victory in there? Mm.
1: I think there's a lot of personal victories. 2011 obviously is going to stand out over everything else. My first win was totally unexpected. So that's another one that was kind of, it still is like when I think about it, it's so awesome because I did not, at that point, like I got a couple of podiums that year, got a podium the year before, but I went to that race and literally made it happen the first lap, got in the lead, and basically held a five second lead the whole race. And, mm-hmm it was like kind of bittersweet to be honest um, the championship was tough i broke my collarbone 2 weeks before the last two ra- the last two rounds mm-hmm. and things just fell into place vegas was i watched that race still and i'm it makes me nervous just watching it on <laughs> on youtube it's it's unreal so i don't know how it fell into place i don't know how i didn't blow it cuz there was many opportunities Mm-hmm. Um, that night to, to blow it so um, I mean I've been on a bunch of good teams um, mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot of the guys at RCH I could still call them friends today um, KTM was a cool experience for me because it was a step up mm-hmm. obviously right whenever I started to get going all this uh, this suspension came about so it kind of shut me down but then it it keeps me hungry because I want to be back and yeah. be back in that position.
0: So, tick. As hard as it's been to uh, be on the sidelines, I know that you're watching the races. Um, so, hey, let's uh, let's knock out this thing we call the Bell Helmets Bench Race session and uh, talk about some motives. What do you think of uh, the way racing's turning out this year? Like, cool. I, I know it's probably it's impossible for you to watch a race and not figure where
1: you would be in there, right? Well, like, I felt like every everybody was closer this year, but Coop was just that much better. Mm-hmm. When it was time to make it happen, he put it where it needed to be. And I think when I watched the races this year, it was other than a couple races and a couple other guys where they had standout performances, Coop was just there every weekend in mm-hmm. the right place and put himself in the right place at the right time. I don't think he was lucky. And I think that he, his race craft was unbelievable this year. So other than that, I feel like, I mean, I feel like I'd still be right there in the mix and I wish, I wish I was out there obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, it was a fun season to watch. I thought, I thought it was going to be maybe a little bit more interesting before the last race, but Coop, like I said, was right mm-hmm. place, right time when it, when he needed to be. And yeah, um, it was kind of kind of cool to watch um on the other hand the lights race i'm devastated for ac yeah. um obviously ferrandis rode good all year so you can't take anything away from him but that was that was hard for me to watch yeah
0: i think seeing how badly his bars bent that he couldn't keep going like you never see guys bend their bars anymore because handlebars are so strong these days yeah. it just was the perfect storm of unfortunate circumstances the way the bike hit the ground or something 100
1: percent, and you could see it the first jump he tried to jump he jumped into the hay bales basically yeah so i mean he i give him credit for finishing the race and not throwing a fit he handled after race interviews good i i really good um in a very positive manner obviously he was very upset um but i was surprised with his actions after the race to be honest yeah and to finish the race like that like that shows that He's not a quitter.
0: Yeah. He's got a character. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, man. uh, (laughs) I have to say, I'm so devastated by this news. You know, I was looking forward to seeing you back out there. And, uh, you know, we even joked out, joked around about fielding you on one of our bikes (laughs) if nothing came about. But, uh, you know, I think uh, keep your head up, stay busy, and lean on people who are here for you and, you know, the time will go by quickly. I think.
1: Yeah, no, I, I am I'm excited. Obviously we, we all know this isn't what I wanted or what anybody else wanted. Um, but I'm excited. Stay busy. Number one, um, be around people that influence me to, to be better each and every day and, uh, go from there.
0: Cool. So see you at Greer 4. Yep. <laughs> thanks for listening.
1: Yeah. Thanks. You have been listening to the
0: Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Lera. Thanks for listening.